Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So at this time, we look at the small stories, the big ideas, the massive inspiration, the stories between the covers of the pages, the stories that are sneaking along below the headline that, in fact, have got massive inspiration and lots to talk about. And uh, on Monday, it's going to be Media Freedom Day. And uh, the Agri-Claster Trust, in partnership with the Sowetan Wits University and the South African National Editors Forum, or SANIF, also DM5 attorneys, are going to host a virtual colloquium and it's featuring uh, the theme surviving 2020 and media credibility going forward on the line with us is uh, Franz Kruger he's prof Franz Kruger he's the head of the Wits University journalism department and uh, really it's a time to focus and reflect on Black Wednesday its aftermath looking at the really pressing issues in the media right now as we move forward not just in South Africa but also around the world prof Kruger thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So for those who don't know much about the colloquium and uh, the, certainly the discussions that will take place, who can they see will be participating and the like? Um, well, we're very pleased to be able to have a great lineup of, of participants, of speakers. Um, uh, I mean, we've got uh, Dr. Joe Clawway, who is well known as um, an absolute veteran um, and one of the, the people who were really around at the time um, of Black Wednesday in 1977, um, who will be participating and reflecting back um, on the events of the day and comparing it to, to today's situation. Um, we also have Tami um, Mazwai, who's also a veteran of that period, uh, as well as Bhutis Ngawa of Sanif, Robisa Makunga of the Sowetan, um, the, the event will be hosted by Makshati Makshati um, of uh, EWN um, and also of Sanat, of course. And then there are several other speakers. So it's really going to be a very, very interesting colloquium um, thinking about what happened then um, and thinking about the situation of the media um, at the moment, which is really a very difficult situation, I think, uh, for journalists to find themselves in. You talk about it being a difficult situation now, and I, I, I would absolutely agree. And I saw a tweet that was posted by the journalist Nick Dawes of a billboard that was uh, up in the States saying the media is the virus. And of course, that talks to the real conflict that is taking place and the the real battle lines that have been drawn with regards to the media in the States. But also, I suppose that's what's uh, affecting us in many ways here in South Africa as well. Well, yes, I think what we've seen, particularly since COVID, is, um, uh, you know, an, an absolute upsurge of, of fake news. And I think that that's um, really affected the credibility of the, of the sort of mainstream established media, let me say, um, and also the new and alternative media. Um, I mean, there's so much misinformation, so much. Uh, sorry, Prof. Kruger, we, we, lost, we lost you for a moment there, so... You said there's so much misinformation, and if you could continue from that point. Sure. Sorry about that. Um, I mean, there's so much misinformation out there, and that affects also the credibility of the media themselves. Um, and that's the situation that, you know, that's uh, the, the great challenge, I think, for, for journalists, is to regain that relationship with audiences, to regain that level of trust. And it really is very difficult because it comes in the middle of a, an absolute economic crisis. 
um, yeah. which has only been worsened by COVID. Um, I mean, for some time, the business model for media has been in a state of decline, um, and it's just got absolutely worse um, since COVID. We've seen closures, retrenchments, um, uh, and really it's affected the ability of newsrooms to tell a reliable story, to tell a story in a way um, that, uh, that people can, can, can base their decisions on. So, Prof, one of the things that you talk about is uh, essentially a kind of fight back of the media. And I wonder, how does the media do it? Is it simply by ensuring that the quality of media needs to be improved continuously? How does that work? Well, I think that there are several fronts um, uh, that, one has to, that one has to fight on, so to speak. Um, mm. uh, yes, you have to really uh, kind of pay attention to uh, the credibility of the journalism that gets put out there. I mean, Anton Harbour's recent book, yes. um, so for the record, unpacks how things went quite badly wrong around a particular uh, set of stories, particularly at the Sunday Times. Um, and those kinds of things are really damaging. Um, and we've seen since then, you know, instances also of, of, of simply bad journalism. And of course, sometimes one can say, look, denuded newsrooms are simply very vulnerable to making those kind of mistakes, but it is a problem. Um, I think a lot of thought as well has to go into this question of the business model. Yep. Somebody has to pay for journalism. Um, and uh, currently, you know, the existing models simply don't work um, anymore. Uh, I mean, what we're seeing now is an increase in the use of paywalls, and I think that's a successful strategy, it seems. Um, but it is interesting to see that, particularly in South Africa, um, it is the, the, the donor-funded news organizations that are actually doing, looking more sustainable, more stronger, more innovative um, than the legacy media. But there is, that's an absolutely critical question, is how will society pay for the information um, that they need to function? So it's a question, and uh, I suppose one has to say, are there any answers to that? I mean, it's interesting that you look at um, saying, well, the business model has to change. And when we look at something like Daily Maverick, which went completely, in many ways, counterintuitively, and has launched a physical paper during the time of COVID nochal. Yes. Um, it's, uh, as they keep saying themselves, and Stili Chirambulas will be on, on the panel this afternoon, um, as they keep saying themselves, it seems like a completely counterintuitive and mad move. I mean, we'll see. Maybe they're right. Maybe, you know, there is a space for a physical newspaper um, in a particular way, despite everybody else's not managing to make it work. But I think that, uh, you know, there are, other, there are other answers out there um, uh, that are being explored. I think increasingly we're seeing paywalls. Mm. Um, you know, partial paywalls, premium models, uh, where people get some information free, um, because of course there is concern that if you put up a paywall, it excludes often the people that information most. Yeah. Um, um, uh, there's the donor-funded model, as I say, um, and I think that there's increasing discussion of actually making the big social media platforms contribute to journalism in a much more real way than they have so far, because that's at the heart of the difficulty is that you know, people are getting their information via social media, um, and as a result, uh, audio, you know, the readership of newspapers, the listenerships, not so much of radio, but, uh, but certainly in other media, um, are declining. Um, and uh, the money, therefore, is going to the huge giants like Google and Facebook and Twitter. Mm. And really, they should be contributing to journalism 
um, in a in a much in a real way, whether that's by way of a tax um, or some such mechanism. But really, um, you know, I think that that's part of the discussion that we have to have. I think it's a great discussion. Um, I suppose one of the questions, and I'm not uh, casting aspersions on young journalists, has been the question of because of the shift in costs and the lack of um, funding, that there's been a real juniorization of journalism. It's a huge challenge because it's such an opportunity to start as a journalist, to learn, to be mentored by far more experienced journalists, and yet the costs are just not available to cover it. Yeah, I missed you there for um, for a moment, but um, I lost you there for a moment. But uh, but certainly, you know, there is a huge opportunity for for young journalists to to make their mark. And I think in South Africa, we've particularly seen that you know that the the impact of journalism can be really huge. I mean, journalism in this country has reshaped the political landscape. Yeah. But certainly, I mean, young journalists have huge opportunities um, to innovate, to think through alternatives, to make new kinds of arrangements. And we've seen some very exciting work in podcasts, for instance, um, online, um, in investigative journalism, as I, as I say. Um, and it is really, a, the, the, the opportunity is there to, to chart a new path. Um, and we will look with interest to see how the, you know, what the next generation does with this thing um, called journalism. Because there's no question um, that journalism will continue I think it will change change shape and form, but I think um, society simply needs information too badly to be able to do without it. Finally, Prof, uh, we we see uh, webinars of this nature taking place uh, in various different spaces, the private sector, the public sector, civil society, and the like. And uh, I suppose my question is, what comes out of this particular webinar? Um, it's, it's hosted by the Agriclaster Trust, which is a not-for-profit uh, named after Dr. Agriclaster, the, the, the editor of the Soweto newspaper. But do you have come out with a decision, an, an action-based decision of the way forward, or do you then leave it for people to go and do with it what they will? Well, I don't think it's intended to be a decision-making forum. I mean, mm. I think that there are organizations like SANEF um, and, and various others that, you know, that then uh, in the longer run take decisions and, 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 and move forward with those. Um, it is part of an ongoing conversation that we need to have. I think it's important also in the sense that um, it really pays tribute to the legacy of Agriclaster, who mm. was a, an extraordinary newspaper person um, in this country who really um, needs to be, you know, to, uh, whose name really needs to be remembered um, in this context and in other contexts. Um, so I think it's an opportunity to talk about the issues and to share ideas uh, um, and to remember an extraordinary figure in the history of this country and in the history of journalism. Uh, Prof, if people want to get involved, how do they do it? Well, you would go to journalism.co.za and you will yeah. find very prominently the details of the event this afternoon um, and you can register and then wherever you are in the world, you can join uh, join us uh, for this, what I think will be a very interesting discussion um, online. Fantastic. So the discussion is today and then what happens tomorrow? Um, I'm not aware that there's anything happening tomorrow. Oh, because I have it down here as Monday the 19th of October. Is that tomorrow? 
Yeah. Uh, that's tomorrow. I'm very sorry. I'm 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 confusing myself. Yes, it's 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 the it's it's tomorrow <laughs> afternoon at two o'clock. You see, that's false news, pal. You got to watch yes. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Professor Franz Kruger, thank you so much for joining us. That's the head of Wits University, the journalism department. Tomorrow is Monday the 19th. And if you want to register, just go onto the website, journalism.co.za. You can register there. It takes place from 3 to 4.30 p.m. It promises to be a great conversation and a profoundly difficult conversation as well when we look at media, the role of media, the shifting tides of media as well. Journalism.co.za.